0: We're headed into week 10 of the NFL season. So it's that time, guys. We're going to rank which teams should panic and which teams you should be worried about in fantasy football. And my last showdown win was now a week ago for 20K. And I'm hungry for more. So today we're going to dig into the slate for the Ravens and Saints game. Who should we play? Who should we not play? We're going to build some low-o lineups. And we're going to do that right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spaggs, joined by you guys today in chat. You guys out there watching on YouTube, anybody stumbling upon this video, probably coming to ask for trade inquiries about what they should be doing in their redraft leagues. Doesn't matter, guys, if you're here for the first time or you're a regular around here, it's time for you to subscribe down below, hit the like button, leave a comment. Of course, I'm actively checking the chat here. As you're going to see in a moment, I can see we got our guy Ross here, Robert Griffin, the heard, who I saw had a very mediocre showing in the deposit kingdom tournament this week. Burrow double plus Josh Jacobs one-off equals Muerto. We are on to showdown. That's right. All we can do is get on the showdown, because honestly, whatever happened yesterday doesn't matter. And for me, honestly, I feel like I made a couple good calls on yesterday's slate. Didn't play Ramondre Stevenson at all. Even if that won the Millie Maker winning lineup, I think that was the right call going against the Colts defense that defensively actually has shut down the run pretty well. Did mostly shut down Ramondre yesterday. But I think, you know, anytime you kind of don't get killed in one of those slates where you have Joe Mixon going off 60 fantasy points in that spot. I had 20% of Joe Mixon. I think the field had roughly 12 to 15%. I still definitely did not get anywhere close to a top of the tournament because I was playing a lot of Justin Herbert stacks. I was playing a lot of Aaron Rodgers stacks. Plays that I liked a lot going into this week ended up completely busting. So at the end of the day, all you can do is dust yourself off, get back on the horse and, and start to vent about other things, including which teams should be panicking. It's, of course, the panic rankings here, which every week I delve into which teams should be panicking, which teams you should be panicking about Fantasy wise, it's really an amalgam of all of the above to find the things that should make us all worried. Lunchable connoisseur, shout out to you as well. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. If you're on, if you're in the UK, I guess. If we, for all of our British listeners out there, uh, <laughs> let's hop over to Ye Old Maker. Let's start with the guys on the thumbnail. I think it's panic time for the LA Rams. You can see Matthew Stafford back there. Terrible game yesterday going against a fellow old chap and Tom Brady, a man who we've thought should panic for weeks. Okay. I got to stop the accent, but honestly though, it's a, it was a battle of teams that really should have been panicking very heavily teams that overall did not look that good. I don't know why I was doing the British accents. I like Corbin Welsh here is here. If I, if you were here, then you gotta do the British accent. But <laughs> Good. Here we go. Derek Richard Here. Good day, mate. Fuck molded is what we say. over in the UK. Uh, beans and cabbage. Yes, yes, of course. (laughs) The Rams, though, I think you see the Rams, you see what happened to that team yesterday, where it's really only Cooper Cup at this point doing anything. Um... I think in this situation, you got to be really worried if you're a Rams fan, if you're the Rams team. And honestly too, like I saw that uh, my old pal, Caleb Presley over at Barstool did a, a re- video recently with Sean McVay. And I'm sure maybe it's filmed a couple weeks ago, whatever, but like the fact that Sean McVay is doing Barstool interviews and not worried about his football team that is falling apart before his very eyes after wasting all their draft capital, not even being able to make trades with people in the trade deadline, the Rams to me have to panic a lot. And I think the one thing you could say for them that maybe moves them to teetering on a breakdown for you, if you are a fantasy football player out there, Cooper, cup looks good but boy if you played alan robinson you're fucked if you played henderson anywhere you're probably fucked cam Akers came back yesterday did absolutely nothing with it ronnie rivers i don't know who was picking him up anyway but if you wanted to try to bail yourself out he's going to be nothing kyron williams can come back in and maybe he's a saving grace for this team and maybe just the talent at some point wins out or maybe they get odell back in either way though there's been nothing about this ram team that fills me with hope and i think the fact too that they just didn't make any acquisitions at the trade deadline that's going to matter not a positive thing for them Dustin saying, maybe my Germany listeners are getting ready. Oh, good. Do it. it, We got to go to the football. What what is. Okay. Hold on. (laughs) I don't know what a German accent sounds like offhand. And anyone that I would come up with would only make me friends with Kanye West. So I'm going (laughs) to to keep it going here oh boys can't say those jokes too early here other teams are going to panic actually let's go to the flip side of the coin i think the bucks bought themselves a little bit of panic space here i think they're more teetering on a breakdown they are a full panic team and really that's where it is for them is that they just have to win that nfc south they just have to keep it going uh thank you dustin thank you legible connoisseur i appreciate you guys making me feel comfortable in the spot where i feel so vulnerable doing accents with very little prep time Uh, But either way for the Bucs, I feel like in this spot, you come out with a win there. You're in first place in the South. You know that that division is going to be absolutely terrible. Hans Gruber, I wish. I'd be lucky to be Hans Gruber, I'll tell you what. Uh, (laughs) In a variety of ways, successful man, looks great in suits, elegant overall. Um, either way, though, if you're the Bucks, I feel like, again, we have the divorce thing, too, for Tom Brady. If we're going to be the most literal with this game here of panic rankings, I think they're literally teetering on a breakdown. They also just can't connect here. I was watching the underdog show right before this one. Of course, worth checking out every wink with uh, really all Splash Play alums in that show with Josh, with Hayden, with Daigle doing the Sunday night recap. And they were talking a little bit about like, this game overall and just how the Bucs really couldn't connect and a lot of the deep balls seemingly were a little bit out of sync. So to me, like, I think there's a lot of bad signs there. I still expect the Bucs to be able to make the playoffs. Still a faint chance of the Falcons getting there, but I think the Falcons now, if you look at their Pythagorean wins expectation overall, like, they've blown some of the close games already that I think would have been their chance to make a run in the NFC South. Panthers, we know which way they're going. Like, the Saints, certainly a little bit more upside, but they seem more like a wild card team than a divisional winner. So the Bucs, I think, Put the panic aside for one week. Feel good about yourselves. But overall, uh, not a bad one. Panic, our wives and girlfriends with Brady single. Uh that's you know, honestly, dude, I don't think women find Tom Brady attractive anymore. And you can't blame him either, given what a weirdo he he's kind of grown into, both in terms of the TB12 diet stuff, his actual aesthetic right now. So I'd be curious though to see what Tom Brady's doing out there and with the kind of girls he's dating. Like, is he going full um oh, I'm, I'm slumming it with college girls, or is he like dating, you know, upwardly mobile women in their mid-30s? I would just be curious to know what Tom Brady is swiping right on, on Tinder. I'm sure that's what he's doing, right? He's the rich people go on Tinder. He, he's a Raya guy. Bears, I feel like chill vibes only for the Bears. This might be a surprise to you guys out there. I think certainly fantasy-wise, a lot of people, I think, over the last few months, weeks, have buried Justin Fields, have buried this Bears offense. I think on this show, we honestly have, too, at times, but mostly because of our collective David Montgomery bias. Go uh, team Cleo Herbert, always and forever. The Bears to me look very lively yesterday. I think Justin Fields, obviously breaking a rushing record, breaking a, a Michael Vick rushing record, looks like a pretty good spot for him. But overall, like it's more about the usage that they're getting out of him, the way they're getting him out in the space, the way they're able to create value in the pass game. Cole Komet has a, a really big money winning game overall for them. Darrell Moody comes along and some stacks for Fields. Fantasy wise, you got to feel good about it. But also, if you're the Bears, I think now you really feel like this is something you can build around. That's why I didn't hate the Chase Claypool trade a guy who can run east to west and get out and make some easy throws for Justin Fields and hopefully break him downfield but the Bears I think were a team that really looked apoplectic certainly in the Matt Nagy regime I think even parts of this year it started off it did just look ugly with them being completely unwilling to throw but it seems like fields are in the trust if he keeps running like that it's going to make it easier for him to pass so the Bears to me I mentioned it I think on one of the shows actually on Friday with Pete I was like you know the Bears to me live is a stack moving forward Um, live is a, a naked fantasy play too if you want to play fields that way certainly that one's money as well out there uh, but this spot I think you got to really feel good about the Bears uh, Derek's saying he can take her. Yeah, yeah look, I mean, <laughs> Mathology would be all over that content for sure. I, Mathology is unearthing an edge somewhere. If Tom Brady's dating anybody, or if he's given any like likes out there, I'm sure our guy Mathology is deeply on the case. Chill vibes only. I, I think the Bills, to me, if you're the Bills, I think right now you're panicking inside but keeping it cool outside. That loss yesterday to the Jets was one that certainly, you know, if they got a little bit lucky here, whether it be on that last deep ball the Gabe Davis, whether it be throughout the game, some deep passes they could have connected on. just I think also playing with a little more sense of urgency I think would be a positive for them. But the fact that you could lose to a team like the Jets and you're the Bills, you're a team that, you know, we saw the Chiefs kind of almost blow that game to Tennessee last night, but they still held on. They won it, and that's what the good teams do is they still don't have their fastball some days. They get there, they get the win. The Bills not being able to get the win in that spot, I think would worry me a little bit. Overall, they're going to write the ship. I'm not too concerned about that, especially with some of the talent they're going to have coming in. You know, James Cook getting some work is great, but Naheem Hines, I think, getting more of a role down the stretch, being used in that pass game, could be real value add. There's going to be better days for them. I just feel like they kind of took their opponent lightly, and that sort of is why they ended up where they were. Meanwhile, though, if you're the Jets, I think it's "Don't worry, be happy" season. Yeah, to be a Jets fan, it's not a bad time to be a Jets fan right now. I think they got to be completely happy with where they are. There, firmly in "Don't worry, be happy" territory. You lose Brees Hall, that sucks. I was actually thinking about it a little bit the other day. Which is thinking already about best ball 2023 because that's where my brain goes and i was thinking like do i really want to take Brees hall coming off an acl a catastrophic knee injury next year you can worry about the jets long-term future just not getting the most out of that draft capital getting the young running back when he is in his prime because we've seen now with enough guys this year coming back from injury that coming back from injury isn't easy like jk dobbins went back out keenan allen went back out waller has been going back out like there's honestly enough guys you could talk about jonathan taylor i guess wasn't hurt coming into the season but he just hasn't been able to get back out there like There's a lot of guys week after week that can't get it back out there so i think if you're the jets worry a little bit about breeze hall next year for now though michael carter looks good like uh, james robinson looks passable garrett wilson looks like a real alpha receiver And I think you could also poke some holes in the fact that they just didn't handle Elijah more well. The situation's pretty bad. But if you're a Jets fan, like this is probably the best they felt. I I have some best friends who are Jets fans and they were saying, comparing it to the Mark Sanchez era, it feels a little flimsy, feels a little lucky, but that Jets team got to an AFC title game. So maybe this one can too. Uh, It's not the the craziest thing to imagine right now. It is the greatest time of your life. There we go. (laughs) I'm sure. Jets games are butt for fantasy, though, save for Wilson and punt D's. I loved that punt D yesterday. I ended up paying off 10 fantasy points. No issue with that one. Uh Shout out Brandon as well. Broke even yesterday, uh, which is better than I've been doing. Had Jacob said to mix it in my fields. Mooney Hill, ETN. Lineup that did well, but that hurt. And can we drop pits yet? Connor's asking. Massive headache every week. I don't think you can, especially if you are playing for the upside. You know, What are you going to Replace him with? Like that's the question you have to ask yourself. And Pitts, every week, it's like yesterday, there was uh, I think two end zone targets or two, one at the goal line, one of the end zone that he could have caught. There one was sailed by Mariota, the other was just kind of outside of his grasp. But it could have been better for Pitts, and that's kind of the shitty part is like this offense does not want to pass the ball, they don't want to let Mariota sling it, they don't want to sling it to Pitts, let alone Pitts and London enough to get them both there. But the downside is that like Pitts, we saw having rel- relatively effortless, like 20 fantasy point game last week. So compared to other tight ends out there, like, I mean, what are you? getting instead are you going to try to chase it week after week because like if you replace him with Foster Moreau that's not going to pay off either I think you ride with Pitts and you hope he has one of those outlier days that makes you feel smart and I think you will have at least one of those for the season ends at least that is certainly my hope in best ball If you're the Bengals, I think right now you're a feeling cute team. You might panic later. Joe Mixon, of course, exploding looks good. He was one of the most due for positive aggression running backs in the league with the amount of end zone, red zone looks he's been getting. Gets there in a major way. Five touchdowns probably could have had six if they kept them out there. But I think you might want to panic a little bit if you're the Bengals just because T. Higgins, Like I certainly filed them away mentally as being that replacement for Jamar Chase being that guy that can have that same upside. And I'm just not seeing yet. Granted, you know, yesterday when you have Nixon going off like that, you don't need to see that upside. And against Cleveland, you know, it's the first game there. Some some jitters maybe playing on Monday Night Football after learning just a few days earlier, Jamar Chase is going to be out. But I have not been seeing it with Higgins. I think if anything, Boyd's looked more like a superstar receiver. That's only been in games for the most part where you have had Chase out there. So if you're the Bengals, like I, there's enough things that worry me. You know, you could certainly talk yourselves into it. The Mixon day, it's hard to sort of poke holes in it. Maybe they might be closer to don't worry, be happy. But I think there are some worrisome signs there. If you are Detroit, I think you're now in chill vibes only. You beat the Packers. Aaron Rodgers shits all over you, says we shouldn't lose to a team like that. You know what, Aaron Rodgers? You are the team like that. Now the Packers are the team like that. You know, the Lions, I think, are going to get absolutely destroyed. <laughs> some games coming up here, it's not going to get any better. Like, they made some work out of uh, James Mitchell at tight end. Shane Selshire catches a touchdown as well for them. But, like, they have nothing offensively for the most part with Swift not able to go and play a full workload, it seems like, probably the rest of the season, you would think. But I think for them, they pick up this divisional win. They're playing with house money for the most part. Dan Campbell certainly has a team playing hard. I still feel like DJ Chark might have made a difference for this team. Just having a, a field stretcher guy who can get out there be useful. But they're probably going to get a first-round receiver next year. You pair that guy with a Ra state Brown. Maybe you see enough out of Goff down the home stretch. Maybe a Ra has one more breakout. I think fantasy-wise, you're feeling okay about the the con- concentrated target share for a Ra that's going to come. Probably not feeling good if you're a Swift guy. Maybe not even feeling good if you're a Jamal Williams guy. But if you're a Lions fan, I think fantasy-wise, enough positive as well. They overall deserve a chill vibes only here. Cowboys. I still think the Cowboys were right in the middle tier here. Felt cute, might panic later. At the end of the day, I've said it time and time again like they got to choose Tony Pollard, and you would like to see them choose Tony Pollard. I know people have poked holes sometimes in the the pass protection game for him, but it's really a negligible difference, at least according to PFF stats, in terms of like who's giving up more pressure towards the QB, like Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. Neither is a great pass protection guy. So it's not like one of those things like Leonard Fournette, who was much better last year than Ronald Jones. And even that was one where like numerically, Ronald Jones was just as good. A lot of it, I think, was just more about the perception of the guy, and we kind of saw after Ronald Jones got buried leaving Tampa Bay. Sometimes that can happen, but they love Tony Pollard in Dallas. And I think at a certain point, you have to recognize the fact that like this guy is like he's shot out of a cannon every time according to next gen stats. Tony Pollard, I believe, leads the league in rushing yards over expectation. Zeke is nowhere close to the top of that list. Zeke is just not that dude. I think there's a role for him, but I think like people have said, it's smarter people across than me across the industry have talked about. It should be like a DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams thing. I believe that pretty heavily. So I think the Cowboys might have some reckoning to come. They might apparently be a favorite to get Odell Beckham. So perhaps that changes things. Maybe he does add a meaningful value to what they need. Pass game wise, it hasn't been filled by Jalen Tolbert, by Michael Gallup's return and all of that. But I think if you're the Cowboys, like you could be a better team and you're not. And I just don't see like, how do they beat the Eagles? I don't know that they can when it actually matters when the playoffs are actually on the line. Ravens tonight they're a team I go back and forth about but I think they are closer to panicking inside but keeping it cool outside we'll see more tonight I certainly think you know they're a favorite on the road going in New Orleans I get it defensively though i we're gonna talk about it more in a second when I get to the showdown builds there's a lot of defensive weaknesses they've had there they're not the Ravens of old they're giving up positive EPAs on both past dropbacks also on rushing plays so I think we're going to see some positive production tonight for New Orleans, first of all, but second of all, like the Ravens to me, no Mark Andrews this week. You have JK Dobbins out. You have Gus Edwards out this week. Like it's not great for them Rashad Bateman out for the year. And even if Bateman has been kind of a bust so far, relative to, I think what any of us would hope for him, like he is a star talent guy who has the upside. So, I think this is going to be a real show and tell game tonight for the Ravens. And, you know, we got to kind of keep in mind the perspective, too, that we've seen within the last week. Like with the Chargers in particular, I penciled the Chargers in as being like they're not going to miss a step. This offense is good. Herbert's good. They're playing against a really bad Atlanta defense. And still, they just didn't get there. Like Josh Palmer got there. Eckler had an okay day, but overall, the offense wasn't explosive, wasn't as good. With the Ravens being down, now running backs being down, star receivers being down, star tight ends. I like Isaiah Likely. Like, I think a lot of these guys, you know, that we've talked about throughout best ball season, especially Likely, I think has been one of those dudes that's bubbled up. But tonight, like, are they going to be as effective without all the talent they normally would have at their disposal? I think it's hard to say. Sell Lamar high with all the injuries. So that's the tough part is like you could sell Lamar high or you could say that he's going to have to basically do everything now and they'll probably also be in worse game scripts. If this defense is as bad as I think, at a certain point you're probably going to see the Ravens start to pass more. So fantasy-wise, Lamar could be just as good. And he's also going into this contract where he wants to get paid big time. He wants to be paid like a top one quarterback in the league like he is behooved, I think, to play right now and to, to play it out and to do the best he can. And they're going to be good enough to hang in there because of him largely. So I would not sell high on Lamar, but I certainly get why you might want to think that way. Let's keep going through here. Um, The Saints tonight, I think, let's see. I I really think they're probably happy. They found the receiver of the future with Chris Olave, who's proven to be, if not a 1A receiver, at least a 1B, if not a number two overall. But a guy who can get downfield, can carry a lot of air yards, make some of them pan out. Kamara's looking good. Maybe if there's some sort of jail sentence that comes his way in the offseason, that's a problem. But that's a problem for future New Orleans Saints. We're worried about the present tonight saints to me i think i think they're gonna put up some points tonight i think it would be shocking to see a Taysom Hill day we'll see if we can get him on an optimizer coming up in a little bit here uh but this spots me the saints i think they're feeling pretty good like if you're running this hot with any dalton as your qb you haven't had to play Jameis, and Jameis hasn't cost you games actively and you're right in the hunt in the NFC South. Like They're feeling pretty good. Texans, I think every week, don't worry, be happy. They have Damian Pierce. Davis Mills might be good enough to keep being that bridge QB. They look actually very lively last week, even without having Brandon Cooks out there, with having Nico Collins. So just the fact that you have this running back, the future, have a running back you can trust for the next two, three years, run him into the ground. Like I'm sure uh, the Texans will, like every team does to their running backs. They're don't worry, be happy to me. Broncos, I think they're always on the cusp of a panic. The running game, maybe it gets a little better having Chase Edmonds, uh, a pass game funnel that can actually have some good production in the pass game, which uh, Chase Edmonds sucked so far this year for Miami, but he does, does actually add some value. I think he has a very positive rushing or receiving DVOA, according to Football Outsiders, of course, go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Wouldn't be mad at you for buying a membership on there, I'll tell you what. Uh, but either way in this spot, I think the Broncos, I just think they've underperformed based on everything I've seen so far, but you know, certainly a team that's looking better than another aged QB and Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to move in the panic and talk about why in a second. D. Owen saying, playing a lobby at captain with no Dalton and a Hill Kamara utility. Yeah. I mean, Dalton, I think we're going to see it when I run the crunch in a second here for Monday night football. I think Olave is going to come up a lot with Dalton, but I think that's a positive thing because if Olave does get there, that probably means that Dalton did enough to get there too. So I don't know that that's uh, a bad play necessarily, D. Owens, but I would think it's probably more logical to to fade Dalton entirely and put Olave in a flex spot. But we'll see. We'll see when you get there. I haven't built enough to really take a strong stand on that one yet. If you're the Falcons... You blow a game again, but it really doesn't matter. Chill vibes only for the Falcons. Arthur Smith, we talked about it time and time again. He wants to run the shit out of the ball. Certainly a guy that has been... Uh, oh, I didn't even talk about the Packers. The Packers suck. There we go. We talked about the <laughs> I hate Aaron Rodgers. I hate everything about him. You have three players leaving that game in walking boots. Aaron Jones is fucked up. Romeo Dobbs is fucked up. Christian Watson got hurt after one target. It's a bad situation for Green Bay. I think it's pretty obvious why they're in panic mode. I don't know what you do if you're them. Like, I don't know... They can't save this team, I don't think, at this point. And, you know, the the Vikings are good enough. The Bears are lively enough. The Lions, as we just saw, can beat them. So, obviously, very clear panic in Green Bay. And they probably should tank. But I don't know how you accomplish that with Aaron Rodgers under their contract for four more years. Falcons chill vibes only they're arrogant they just want to play the way they want to play they don't give a shit about us fantasy wise uh, you can say maybe knock them down a little bit fantasy wise because of what they do to us week after week what they do to guys like Connor asking about pits before so don't worry be happy for the Falcons but on a team level they are more chill vibes only panic when you fire your coach and you bring back a beloved player from the team just to get some positive morale in the air as you are actively tanking the season for the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's clearly panic situation for them. Maybe they aren't panicking just because they clearly are tanking again, trying to get a good draft pick, whatever that means for them moving forward. They have a young core overall with guys like Pittman guys, like Alec Pierce, guys like Jonathan Taylor, assuming that uh, he stays a part of the fold for a few more years. But this spot for the Colts, like, I don't know what they're doing. I would hire an offensive coach, but I bet they're going to keep Jeff Saturday as a CEO role guy. And then you have Pep Hamilton as your offensive coordinator doing not a lot behind him, I guess. Um, I just don't know what what happens for the Colts moving forward. Uh, So for them, I would say you're panicking, you're feeling bad about it. Is Pep Hamilton even the Colts' offensive coordinator? A great question that I should have looked up before the show, but I won't do it because I refuse to care about these Colts. Because they are a debacle. And anytime you see a team that allows the other team that's priced at 4100 on DraftKings to pay off and be the slate winner, defenses played at price at 4K should not get played. And the Colts were so bad that you were able to get away with that and actually win money with the Patriots. So they are a bad team, and I did not expect them to be this bad, no matter what the situation was. But you know, Matt Ryan would have been better than Sam Allinger. No surprises there bring back Manning. Honestly, like, I think they should have hired Pat McAfee. They should have hired Manning. Like, if you want to go the like, go that route, go all the way with it. Don't just go with Jeff Saturday, who's, like, a mediocre, shockingly skinny guy compared to what he was when he was a big, fat offensive lineman, and really shows the damage those guys subject their bodies to. But, like, Jeff Saturday, who gives a shit? Like, it's nice for the locals, but, like, yeah, bring back Manning. Bring Manning in a a fucking uh, in a front office role, or, like, you know, like John Elway did. Like, do that. Do something else if you want to really do that, but Jeff Saturday, like, who gives a shit? Maybe the offensive line gets slightly better but it's hard to believe they will um, if you are the Jaguars I think you're actually now in chill vibes only we've seen enough from them they get off the schneid pick up the win yesterday come back from 17 points down for the Raiders who are clearly going to be a team that we're going to talk about in the panic section coming up here but if you're the Jags you have Travis Etienne looking good you're getting enough out of Christian Kirk you know you have Calvin Ridley coming down next year he's gonna be a fantastic compliment if he still has that juice to what Kirk does because Ridley's gonna get downfield he's gonna win contested balls Kirk can feast on the underneath kind of like he's done his entire career could get out on the seam and take advantage as well of the attention that ridley gets this offense is in really good position travis Etienne looks like a beast i still wonder if he should be getting 30 touches a game as a guy who really is not the biggest back in the world but they're gonna they're gonna do it so i'm uh, assuming he stays healthy if you're the jags you have your qb in the future you have your running back in the future you have two star receivers of the future you have evan ingram who's still pretty young and looking pretty spry out there even if he was kind of a dfs bust this week jaguars to me i think are chill vibes only Carolina feels like they're kind of panicking for a team that's trash. Actually, you know what, Drew? Let's go to yours. Herbert offense is killing me. If you're the Chargers, I think you're teetering on a breakdown just because of the lack of injuries. The fact that they couldn't take advantage of that Atlanta matchup yesterday, like I talked about it on the show. I talked about it all last week. Like I loved that matchup for them going against Atlanta because Atlanta's not defending anybody. Like We saw them get killed by P.J. Walker and D.J. Moore the last week they couldn't take advantage of that last like of that matchup at all and it was just embarrassing and it wasn't one of those games either where for Aaron Rodgers at least they were like you know three end zone or three two red zone uh picks or no three red zone picks two end zone picks excuse me there we go got there eventually uh for Herbert though like it was just mediocre play he was just not able to get out you know get first downs like they had a couple three and outs in that game and Atlanta does not allow three and outs and defensively they couldn't get Atlanta off the field Atlanta was just kind of running the ball down their throat so like I am really disappointed with the charters. I kind of thought they could keep it going with Palmer and Everett filling in for, for Keenan Allen, for Mike Williams, have that same production. Cause Austin Eckler is the guy that makes an engine go, but Eckler too, got loss some snaps to, to see to Isaiah Spiller, which is good for best ball for me. Like I drafted all the rookies as we talked enough times about on this show, but like, you don't want to see that for Austin Eckler. Like he needs to get that full volume. He needs to be out there, both for their offense's sake and for you fantasy-wise out there. So I think there's a little bit of concerns, and I'm not impressed with Brandon Staley's growth as a coach. Nate pointing it out, Brandon Staley uses analytics and that is one thing he's thrown out the window this year. Uh, Talked about it a few times on the show, but at my my day job, of course, Football Outsiders, we do track the fourth down go rate for all the teams and, and track it pretty aggressively and then rank it against what's the expectation for that and also then what's the positive UV play based upon, you know, thousands of simulations and all of that going back for, I think we have like 25 years of data that tracks all that stuff. But basically like, Brandon Staley was going for it a lot last year. He got nickel and dime enough in the media that he stopped going for it on fourth down. And it's like, you can't be the analytics coach and not have a a high octane offense. You can't be the analytics coach and not go for it on fourth down. I think he's coasted on that sharp reputation and it'd be nice to see him actually try to play aggressively and get the ball downfield. Brandon Staley uses anal. There we go. That's true. No, I get it, Nate. Like, I think, look, anytime that uh, an announcer can talk shit about uh, a coach using analytics or talk shit about analytics, like, they will do that time and time again. The amount of guys who have feasted on the takes of, like, well, nobody runs in the red zone anymore. Like, yeah, we get it. They should run more, but also they should pass a lot. Like, it's kind of (laughs) the nature of the beast. You can never win unless you actually are getting the play right and not enough coaches are are right every single time. Dolphins, to me... (sighs) Dolphins are a chill vibes only team. Actually, you know what? They're a don't worry, be happy team. They're a lot of fun fantasy-wise. I think that might be enough to push them into the chill vibes only. If you are if you got Tyree Kill, fantastic value in best ball. Guy who looks like he's going to finish the year. Potentially, as a wide receiver. One has 1,000 receiving yards, and we're at the halfway point of the season. That shit's insane. Jalen Waddle's also great. Best dance in the league does Jalen Waddle as well, so got to feel good about that. But if you're the Dolphins, you know, Raheem Mostert, I think, loses some snaps to Jeff Wilson, not great. And the defense being so bad to allow every team in there, that's exactly what you want fantasy-wise. But if you're a football team, if you're like a serious football team with aspirations to win it all, do you want to see, like, do you and I want to see the Dolphins play the Chiefs? Absolutely. Fantastic, fun game. Same thing for Dolphins-Bills, theoretically. We saw it with Dolphins-Ravens already this year. Like, all that should be high upside. At the same token, though, if you're the Dolphins going into the playoffs with that defense and you're giving up you know, 35 points to Justin Fields and you're giving up a lot of scoring to anybody who has any sort of ability to move the ball downfield, that's the kind of thing that gets you killed. So I think there could be closer to a panic for the Dolphins to come up. But fantasy-wise, one of the best environments in the league besides uh, that Lions won, Falcons won, same thing. Dustin is dead on here. Defense needs to step it up if they want to survive in the playoffs in real-life football. But yeah, like I think they could be a lot of fun, but they just don't have enough offensive firepower to say ahead of a defense that's given up some so much production like the chiefs should hang 50 points on miami and i think should do it pretty comfortably um same thing for the chiefs i think whenever you escape with a win like that last night where you clearly did not have your offensive stuff going in any way the running game was absolutely abysmal there CEHC's a season low snap share isaiah pacheco i don't know why they keep doing that <laughs> they keep putting him out there um it's nice to see juju start to come along though travis kelsey always a beast and it does feel like if they get anything out of the running game they're going to be a much better off for it but Mahomes was under fire a lot in that game obviously he's Mahomes he's still going to make it work at the end of the day if you have Mahomes you're always going to be the chill vibes only territory but there are some weaknesses there like there are some holes that show the Chiefs could be beaten I just don't know who will be the one to do it if you're the Patriots I think you're still panicking inside, keeping it cool outside. This team is not good. They can't pass for shit. And when we saw a decent run defense going against Ramondre Stevenson in that offensive line for the Patriots, that really isn't that good. Like they have the will to run. They have the game plan to run. They don't have the talent to run effectively. If you're the Patriots, I feel like if you're a Patriots fan, I know New England people, of course, my Barstool days, I saw it firsthand when they actually were good. Even when they're not good, though, those fans will talk themselves into it. You, as a fantasy football fan, like I would actively watch out for some of these Patriots bad defensive matchups. Like Ramondre is a beast; he's going to get the full workload when Damian Harris isn't in. But in bad matchups, I just don't think they have the guys to do it. They don't have the pass game to keep the run game honest as well. So, from my perspective, the Patriots, like again, they picked up some tough wins, beat the Jets last week, winning easily this week. But I think they are a fake team, um, and Bill Belichick's going to get the most out of them. But they are a fake team to me; that is not a contender by any stretch chill vibes only eagles are a monster eagles should have the most chill vibes out of anybody i am gonna move the logo over here because that's how good the eagles are they could win in a variety of ways uh the underdog guys again i will give the shout out because i watched their stream right before this one uh but hayden and josh and and daigle were talking about that just how basically they can beat you in any way they want and they don't even have to pull out all the weaponry yet that's something i've talked about on this show we're like A team that's more desperate, a team that needs to do more, would force that ball to A.J. Brown, would get it in his hands time and time again. They don't have to do that. They have the luxury to just run it with Jalen Hurts, to run RPOs with Miles Sanders, with Boston Scott, with Gainwell. Like, they have a lot of weapons there, and we saw Goddard have the big day this week, but Devonta Smith has those in him, too. Like, they are a team that I am really, uh, with this fucking Phillies World Series run that I have to hear about around me when I don't care at all. I'm only living here for the sake of having a house for our our eight-month-old child. I don't want to see Eagles fans as happy as I think they're gonna be because I think this team is very live to be a Super Bowl contender and actually win it all. So the Eagles, to me, like invest everything you can in the Eagles. If they're Eagles' best bets you can take out there, like they're probably a little bit too juiced for the futures. You you know to really get the big yield. But I would happily take an Eagles future. I think just about over any NFC team. Probably not you know, every AFC team. Video of Cousins, I said on the plane, is pretty badass, not sure where to make them overall. I think the Vikings, to me, are chill vibes only right now. You can make the case that they should be, don't worry, be happy, just because I don't think, like the Dolphins to me, like, I, you know what? They're, they're very close to the Dolphins to me. Offense so good, defense is not good enough to to make a real run. I don't think. But holy shit, like Kirk Cousins is jacked. <laughs> like, that was what I did not see. I kind of always assumed in my brain that Kirk Cousins would look a little more like Peyton Manning, where you have that uh, what's the the fucking robot that had the brain in him from Ninja Turtles, like that <laughs> that kind of build. It's honestly worth hold on, Krang, Ninja Turtles. Like this to me is how I would have thought that Kirk Cousins' body would look, and instead here, let's I gotta I gotta do the whole thing. <laughs> Let me stop the screen uh, because this is an important tangent to hit for you guys. Krang, yes, Krang. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Nate knows. All right, this is how how Peyton Manning is built, roughly, um, and what I would have thought Kirk Cousins was built like. <laughs> Great costume. If you can get that Halloween costume, I know Halloween passed, but wear this to your Thanksgiving. I think <laughs> would we'll be a way to do that. uh, Kirk Cousins shirtless. Now we're looking up Kurt. Here we go, guys. Hey, football fans, strap in. Honestly, not the most flattering ones. Kirk Cousins, though, had like abs on abs and shit and like biceps popping. Not what you would expect from the do you like that guy. So kudos to him. Beats his former team, feels good about it. But overall, like I think for the, the Vikings, like they are just so good offensively that they should honestly be even better too now that they have tj Hawkinson in the mix like i think for them they are in a really good spot overall but still the defense not going to be good enough to really i think win when it matters the most so don't worry be happy vikings feel good about it you still have dalvin cook there you have madison backing them up like they are covered now and i think Hawkinson's going to give them a a short throw dimension that adam thielen does not have that juice to have anymore uh but for the vikings like positive vibes the team seems to like each other you have kirk cousins being a goofy white guy while also you know more than those photos gave him credit for um, I think in that spot, like, you, you got to feel good about the Vikings. And Minnesota fans should be pretty stoked as well. Big, big, actually, big season, big year for Minnesota with the Timberwolves looking good, the Vikings looking good. Like, they got something going. Twins, I don't know what they did, but I'm sure, you know, getting home runs like they always do. Um, I thought he was built like Gumby, but he's jacked. <laughs> Here we go. And Ross, yeah, for all the Krang lovers out there, glad we hit the deep cuts. Panic, panic team. Again, Raiders have to be panicked. So uh, a fun statistical anomaly and not to be full Darren Rovell here. uh, The Raiders first team to get blanked in a game, then also blow a 17-point lead the next game. And obviously you could poke some holes in that numerically. Like, yeah, a team that gets shut out likely doesn't build a 17-point lead the next game very often. This Raiders team is catastrophic. You got Devontae Adams, I think, about as kindly as possible, poking holes and shit in the media. Derek Carr as well talking to the media and saying, I'm just going to save my comments for private time basically is is him throwing the offense under the bus, and they just, you know, they did force the ball to Adams that second half, but couldn't get him open, couldn't get him beating bracket coverage, so in that spot, Adams just had all his production in the first half, and I think had one catch in the second half for zero yards, if I'm remembering correctly, but basically, the point is, he did jack shit in the second half. Like, the Raiders, I think, should be deeply panicked, and you also have their best weapon of the year, like Adams' aside, and probably including Adams, Josh Jacobs, and he can get game scripted out of games fairly easily, where he's just not the same weapon in the pass game, and if that offense gets shut down, or shut down and the defense just gives up too, produ- too much production. Like, you're going to see Josh Jacobs be completely rendered useless, like we've seen Derrick Henry be in the past. So, the Raiders, seem to me, a panic team and like Josh McDaniel's not likely to be in risk of being fired, but you can make the case he could be. I think defense is completely shit. The Raiders are so bad. Yeah, look, I think that there's a. <laughs> also pointing out all these guys could shame us at a fitness test. Yes, that's true. Like I'm not saying even a fucking crank bodied Peyton Manning could beat me in a foot race. I'm sure if it came down to it, that said, I want my athletes looking hunky and I'm glad that her <laughs> cousin is one of the hunks that we can look forward to out there. Uh, commanders. I still think are playing with house money overall. That offense, though, is dismal. So I'm going to put them in felt cute might panic later just because there's a lot of people I saw, a lot of sharp people talking up Terry McLaurin this week, and he does nothing. And that offense overall, Brian Robinson does nothing. Gibson does nothing. Curtis Samuel, only thing that he does that's useful is a contested catch against three guys that shouldn't have been thrown in a million years. I think it was uh, Heineke had a negative 13 EPA or something, like just taking points off the board. Commanders are bad, yet still happier than they were with Carson Wentz. So they are firmly in the middle of the pack team. I don't think they could beat the Eagles in a million tries. I don't think they could beat the Giants in, you know, a hundred tries. I think it'd be very tough for them to hang into this, this contest more, but, um, you know, still, enough positive vibes just because they're not playing Carson Wentz right now. Steelers, uh... I still think the Najee Harris thing is bad. We made a lot of fun of Najee Harris. They're on by this week, so I shouldn't call him Eddie Lacy again this week. But he's Eddie Lacy. He's just slow. He's plotting, one of the worst guys in terms of rushing yards over expectation on the year. So bad spot for them. But they have Kenny Pickett. They have Pickens. They cleared out Claypool, who clearly they didn't like that much. We're gonna see more Calvin Austin, it looks like down the stretch. Maybe Steven Sims in the interim running out of the slot. But Austin is a guy who does have a nice pedigree who should be a quarter, sort of short a dot guy who can actually break some plays. The Steelers to me, I think, are well situated for the future, other than the fact that they have to keep playing Najee Harris, who might eat his way out of the league <laughs> at any point. Uh, Seahawks, fuck. You know what? They might panic. Li- no, I can't do it. I, I, I'm so biased still because of the Geno-Drew lock thing. I think they're chill vibes only. I just think it's so fucking close every week. It's so narrow every week when Geno is hitting these passes. He's the most accurate QB in the league. He's the highest combination of EPA plus completion percentage over expectation. I get all that shit but it's so it's the tightest windows that you shouldn't throw that every QB gets beaten out of them don't throw this one and Gino is not only doing it but hitting him week after week he is better than Drew Lock in those respects but i think there is still a four interception game that will happen for Gino Smith throughout sometime in this season i don't know if it happens before week 17 i don't know if it leads to Drew Lock starting i won't make those guarantees but i really will i, I will make the personal spags guarantee Gino Lock wait, wait, let's go Geno Smith, I called him Geno Locke briefly, Geno Smith will throw four interceptions at some point this NFL season. It might be the playoffs, it might be the regular season, but it's going to happen because he's trying too goddamn hard, and Drew Locke wouldn't do that. Vote Drew Locke tomorrow (laughs) in your elections. There we go. (laughs) I said it uh trading looking back trading brian robinson and jefferson for aj brown and Mixon might be the best trade i've ever made in fantasy football yes you take advantage of the right window for all that stuff good job d owens um one of the rare cases where an in-season fantasy football trade will pay off uh titans oof malik willis malik willis is a disaster um panicking inside keeping it cool outside derrick henry's getting there he still looks good on the air he's still healthy he's still staying upright but if you don't trust Malik Willis, and I just don't think that Mike Vrabel overall and any any structure underneath him, like it doesn't, he's not the offensive coordinator, he's not calling plays. I don't think that's where you want a young QB to develop when they are actively afraid of their QBs making mistakes. Malik Willis is a guy who should be a gunslinger who gets out in the open. He should be treated like a Justin Fields. Instead, he's going to be treated like a guy who's getting treated like Mac Jones in that one game where there was too windy, too windy for Mac to throw. Uh, That's every game for Malik Willis. So uh, I'm worried about that one. And I think that honestly, like he would be a lot better in almost any other situation. This Tennessee one to me, unless they change the coaching staff, I don't think it's a good one. Vote drew lock week 17 still a possibility here, especially if Gino has it four interception game <laughs> in the right window. Uh, Niners chill vibes only uh, McCaffrey looks great. They're on a buy uh, Debo will get healthy. This team overall is going to come together stronger and that defense has already been good enough in the first half. We saw some weaknesses then getting killed by Kansas city. Not great. But at the end of the day, if you have McCaffrey on your team, you're using him that creatively after one week of full practice, like it's only going to get better here. So they're feeling good. Cardinals. Cardinals, you can make a case, should have fired Cliff Kingsbury more than the Colts should have fired Frank Reich. Like, I think Frank Reich did the best of an adverse situation. The Cardinals, to me, are doing the worst with a really good situation where Kyler Murray, despite his being a little sourpuss on the sidelines, despite him playing too much Call of Duty, he is a guy that actually has some talent and has the ability to be one of these game-changing quarterbacks. And Cliff Kingsbury cannot figure out how to do it for the life of him. And Even Hopkins gets marginalized a little bit, though he has been honestly so good this year that it's hard to nickel and dime him. I am personally surprised that Hopkins has fought back in the age regression that guys like Keenan Allen have been gobbled up by, Julio Jones have gobbled up, been gobbled up by, it seems like hopkins might be able to hang on a little bit longer than some of those guys but god it is yeah full blown panic in arizona i agree I don't know, like fantasy wise, you're panicked. Like James Conner being back and looking pretty good with coming off the rib injury. Like he did look fresh. was running pretty hard running. I think in a way that, Eno could not possibly do in a million years. So maybe those guys could be a nice one, two punch, but I just don't have the faith in Kingsbury keeping the team alive. Like, especially if the Seahawks keep winning and you know, even with the Rams regressing, like I think the Rams are still a team I would take to finish above the Cardinals right now. And that, you know, that doesn't account for the Seahawks certainly being world beaters overall. It doesn't count for the Niners potentially being world beaters. It is a bad scene for arizona do and saying malik willis will be in the xfl in two years i mean look if he keeps getting coached by mike vrabel i suppose but I, he has such a live arm like malik willis to me was one of my favorite guys coming out of the draft and i thought he was better than kenny pickett i think if you put malik willis on on the Steelers, like he probably isn't as good at picking up reads as pickett is just because of the level of competition that willis faced in college playing at liberty but like he's gonna get better and i think he's a guy that to me i think the fields comparison in terms of trajectory would be pretty spot on but the Titans, I just don't think we'll ever know how to put them in position to succeed. Um, like I just, That's just not how they're going to approach things offensively. Giants on a bye. Um, still feel like they might panic later. It just feels like they're holding everything together with gumdrops and hopes and dreams, and I just don't think they have the talent to hang in there. Uh, but certainly, well-coached enough coach of the year contender for them um what they have so far this year. But to me, I just don't think that they can actually hang on uh, despite what Brian Dable's done all year long. Browns, I've said it time and time again. I don't think they're that good of a team. I still think despite them coming off the Monday night win, then going on their bye, I think you're teetering on a breakdown just because they are not good enough, I think, to win the AFC North. I also don't think they're good enough overall to uh to win a to win anything, really. So, like in this spot, you have a great running game. You have an alpha receiver, but you have Deshaun Watson coming in. It's gonna completely upset the entire dynamic. Um you got to see what you have there. But I think to me, they feel more like an eight and nine team that shouldn't be in the playoff hunt. And you can make the case if you're an eight and nine team, you should be tanking entirely. Um, So in this spot to me, like I get they're coming off the big win, very nice emotional win against their fellow Ohio team and the Bengals. But I just don't have the faith in them keeping it up moving forward. And the Panthers. So the Panthers, I think, still all playing with house money they're tanking all good for them but they have in the spot pj walker having to bench him after he has under i think 10 passing yards in the first half not a good look probably have to see what baker mayfield's doing in the back half of the season as well sam darnold is apparently coming off of ir they're going to see what he can do as well but there's a team that's like what is the point of playing these last eight nine games I forget how many they've played so far like what is the point of it for them like it doesn't matter like what you just have to keep trotting out there keep trying um, I guess they have the running back of the future maybe with Foreman and Chuba showed enough too. like you feel good about that defense looks pretty good Wilkes maybe does enough to keep the job but besides that they just feel like a team in no man's land and that's kind of the worst place you could possibly be Joey Brissett could be fun in week 10 DFS though we'll find out later in the week Ross for me I have not done any prep yet so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know that's gonna be but guys you know what time it is is. here in the back half of the show, Monday night football's in the air. It's money time guys, because I have not won a DFS tournament in one whole week. And I am hungry to get back there today though. I do have to point out and I, and it hurts me. I did watch of course, Pete show this morning, the cram or not the cram, uh, whatever he calls the Monday, <laughs> the Monday review show. Um, Did see that Pete finished first in his $3 playmaker or play action tournament, whatever one that is on DraftKings. Uh, Kudos to him. Picked up a nice $2,500 win, I think, for himself. But not an iota of credit. Not any sort of love my way for helping him think about showdowns in a different way. He does the shows with JM Twin. I'm sure it's made all you guys better DFS players. I saw the JM Twin lineup that he and Pete built would have won a lot of money overall. But, you know, like, Pete gets to get the luxury of hanging out with guys like JM Twin. Get the luxury of hanging out with guys like Brick. The luxury of hanging out with my... My delicate showdown genius and not a single moment of credit. It just hurts. It just hurts me inside guys. And the only way that I can overcome that hurt would be if you are subscribed to this channel, (laughs) if you hit the like button, if you do all the things that we need here to help keep this channel growing, it would mean a lot to me. And it would also, I'm sure give you the motivation to build a beautiful lineup coming up here. Uh, but let's do it, guys. Showdown time here as always is going to be the case. I use stochastic projections. I could not advocate enough that you do the same for yourself. You'd certainly do a blend as well. Pete talked about, I think, his optimal blend this morning uh, when I was watching that stream. Uh, I don't I don't recall. I'll use ZTR and uh, Derek Carty's projections. I swear by stochastics because I think they are sharp enough, but also, like, they're used by a lot of people, so you can get a pretty good read on what the field will be using. But that's what I use for my projections. Um, I already uploaded them, but I'll do them again because why not? And they'll give an update to um, most important thing for showdowns. As I've said in pretty much every stream I've done, keep an eye on inactives. There are guys who are going to be available tonight. They'll be very important. I think these projections actually don't have Deshaun Jackson in them because they were put in last night. Deshaun Jackson is active and the expectation is he will be active. He's the kind of guy that I think at 200 bucks could be very important to what you're doing tonight. Could be a guy who ends up in a winning lineup or just a phrase, a highly owned lineup. So those are the most important things you can have in a showdown DFS I'm going to crunch the optimal here, like I always do. Minimum 0.1 projection allowed. Five players against the defense because we just want to build the best possible lineups. And it's entirely possible for a defense to get there, no matter uh, no matter how many offensive players you have going against it. And we'll see what the optimal is being built. And then I'll show you guys my groups, and we'll do all that stuff as well. Ah, the porn bots! Porn bots coming in right in time. Hey, stay tuned, guys. You're going to hear <laughs> you're going to hear some fun stuff. Carlos took down his first melee on Thursday. He'll give me some credit. Thank you, Carlos. As long as somebody's giving me credit out there, because Pete refuses. You you think it's a coincidence that I win a showdown and then within six days, Pete wins one, two days after doing a show with me? Think twice, guys. Think twice. Either way, (laughs) let's see. All right, here's your cash game optimal for the night. We got Lamar Jackson at captain, James Prochet at uh, the utility spot, Justin Tucker, Isaiah Likely, Kenyon Drake, Andy Dalton, no Alvin Kamara in the uh, projected highest lineup here. Let's see what Fantasy Cruncher gives. It does. It feels like it would be hard to me to not play a cash game lineup with Kamara tonight, personally. Um, okay, so that's the FC projection, obviously, much higher here, it looks like. Uh, but they have Kamara at captain as the optimal Kamara captain with James Prochet, Will Lutz, Isaiah, likely Devin Duvernay, Lamar Jackson. This is sort of what I was talking about with the idea of blending your projections together. So you can get a, a read on what the true optimal is, but either way, like I would personally be more inclined to take the stochastic optimal as I talked about, like I basically win my, my tournament with my friends every single week for the main slate by just playing the stochastic cash lineup. She lost for the first time in a while yesterday. So kudos to my friend Tomas for coming through on that one. Uh, But in this spot here, the Lamar Jackson, James Prochet, Justin Tucker, Likely Drake, Andy Dalton seems like an easy optimal to get to stuff that are just general observations, which are going to be the important things that we identify now. So we can actually figure out what are going to be potentially low owned lineups. Um, We have Isaiah Likely here in 92% of the lineups in utility, So that's going to be Likely very highly duped overall. But you could also see that Likely comes up 8% as captain. So basically right away, we are seeing Isaiah Likely in 100% of this optimal crunch we're running right now. We're also seeing a lot of Lamar here. I presume it's, yeah, 100% Lamar. So right away, if you want to get different from a large portion of the field, this is what I did last week when I did win that Monday Night Football slate. I was, I separated away Joe Burrow and T. Higgins. I said, you can't play them in the same lineup. I don't know that you necessarily want to do that today. Um, Take that strong of a stand. But it's worth pointing out, if you get Lamar and likely in the same lineup, you're going to be with a lot of people. So you have to find other ways to make that lineup lower owned, whether that be taking a low owned guy, um, whether that be taking a a low dollar guy, whether that be uh, be leaving. a thousand dollars or more salary on the table, but that's sort of the stuff that's important to me five-player stacks. Despite the cash game stack being a 5-1 Baltimore onslaught, it does seem like a lot more 4-2 builds are coming, favoring the Ravens. One way to get different right away would be doing a four-man Saints build, which I think has some merit uh, being a home game for them. Certainly, we talked about the Ravens defense overall being pretty bad, and I'll give you guys some of the numbers on the Ravens defense. Overall, giving up a .076 EPA per play, which is one of the worst marks in the league. 47% success rate overall in opposing plays. That is one of the worst marks in the league. 48.4% drop Back success rate, one of the worst marks in the league. Rush success rate of 43.8%, one of the worst marks in the league. And pass plays of 20-plus yards, a 1.04 EPA, which is literally the bottom of the league. So besides Detroit, Baltimore is as bad as you're going to find defensively a lot of people out there. So I think right away, going to a 4-2 Saints build will be appealing to me. But let's up the randomness. Let's do all that stuff and see what we get here. As always, for my first crunch, I will run two here on the stream for the ones that I will do at home. I'll do a 33% crunch, a 66% randomness crunch, 66% randomness and two uniques, and then a 99% randomness crunch. I'll group them all together and then pick the lineups that I want to go with, but that's the process. My groups, you can see here, I'll enable them. Max one defense, same as always. Max one kicker, same as always. One change that I put in here is that now I am allowing three pass catchers to come as long as I have the QB at captain. This has been a blind spot. I've noticed it actually on another Raven slate. I think the one with the Bucks, Lamar, uh, was the optimal captain uh, with three pass catchers. So this is something that I've been blocking out in the past. I'm now allowing in. So so you guys, if you're tracking these shows week after week, you can see an adjustment I made. It was last night. Uh, Patrick Mahomes with three pass catchers got there. So this is now two times than the last week in chains that you've seen a QB captain with three pass catchers be a differentiation point. So I thought it was noteworthy enough to make it part of my process. Um, Overall, if I use Lamar at captain, then you have to force in one pass catcher. If I use less than one uh, Lamar play overall, then we're maxing out at two receivers. Obviously, I'm expecting to have Lamar in pretty much every lineup. But if I didn't, I would want to have at least uh, or a maximum of two receivers in there because the logic would be that those two guys could beat Lamar without Lamar scoring enough to knock himself into the optimal lineup. I give a boost as well to all the pass catchers, 10% boost. If I'm playing Lamar at captain, um, if I play him at flex, it doesn't matter. I'll just take whoever comes with him. Um... For New Orleans, same things here, except that for Andy Dalton, the one key difference is I will force in uh, a pass catcher with Andy Dalton no matter what lineup spot he's in. Andy Dalton doesn't run very much. Lamar Jackson does. You can make a case that you shouldn't force a pass catcher with Lamar catch Captain either. But anyway, these are my general rules here. Same thing, same booster. So if you're trying to take Fantasy Cruncher settings, these are the ones that I would advocate for taking from me. Or doing something similar, but same basic principle. All right, let's crunch it. 33% randomness. We'll see what we got. I will say, oh, Andy Isabella coming up a lot? Okay. All right. Did you even know? I'll ask you guys honestly, because I saw this this morning and and didn't. Oh, I'm using Fantasy Cruncher projections. Okay. I was like, what is Stochastic doing? (laughs) Then Isabella. Andy Isabella, though, by the way, is likely to be active tonight uh, for the Ravens or potentially going to be active. I mean, he is currently in the projection systems on Fantasy Cruncher and Stochastic. So uh, what is he over on Stochastic? Oh, no, I don't want to bookmark it. Oh, no. So they don't have him projected at stochastic, but at Fantasy Crutcher, they've been projected for nine fantasy points, but he is on the roster and can play tonight. So another important one to watch out for, along with the Sean Jackson. Uh, again, any of these guys playing, put them in your player pool, try to get some exposure to it, just because as of right now, obviously we're in the middle of the day, these guys not being in, in projections right now, and then getting in later on, just means that people, some portion of lineups out there will build without these guys being available. Um, So keep that in mind that it's an advantage to put in some Isabella or Deshaun Jackson if those guys are available. No Tylen Wallace in these. And I think Demarcus Robinson picked up an injury in practice, just saying, yeah, this is the one thing where, like, I would say it's important to note that, like, the lineups are giving you right now could be completely different by the time the slate starts. Just because of the time difference and the fact that we don't know everybody who's going to be active and inactive tonight. If Demarcus Robinson comes out, like, A, everything gives a boost to Devin Duvernay at this point. So keep that in mind. I think he's the one wide receiver play that you could have some degree of confidence in. But a lot of that just goes to DuVernay and likely. And then if Mar- if the Marcus Robinson isn't playing, that means Deshaun Sean Jackson is certainly going to be playing. And it also means Isabella's probably playing. So those guys need to be in your player pools just because it's showdown. The thinnest play can get one touchdown and get there. Um, I think it was uh, Okongwo who got in there last night. or I don't know if he actually finished in the optimal, but he was close in a few of mine. Um, he had like six fantasy points and almost got there. And that was on the first play of the game. So like definitely something to be mindful of that you can get into a winning lineup with like, Not a lot of production if you are cheap enough and you're also low-owned enough. Let's see what we're getting in terms of the groups here. i drink some water. So straight away, um, I would play these five-man New Orleans lineups just because they're not going to be highly owned. Um. So Olave at Captain Will Lutz, Jarvis Landry with oh, no Lamar coming back, but Isaiah likely coming back. Dalton Kamara, a 5-1 Saints onslaught that has Isaiah Jackson, Isaiah Jackson, has Lamar Jackson coming on. Thinking about NBA already. <laughs> Tune in Wednesday for the NBA stream where Isaiah Jackson might still not be a relevant play. Uh, Lamar, though, like if you're going to play a five one, I would think playing Lamar would be the best move. But for a tournament like, yeah, this one with Isaiah likely you could make the sort of thesis that Lamar doesn't get there. The rushing production gets split up likely has an outlier receiving day and then all these other guys somehow make it work. Um, and this is one, too, where like if you're playing a 5-1 Saints build, you can play a higher dollar lineup because nobody else is playing 5-1 Saints builds. So that's just one thing to keep in mind as well. Um, as I've talked about in the past, I'll try to use different analogies. I've used the Jenga one a lot, but everybody's building the sort of it's the same Jenga tower, which is a bunch of blocks put together. You, what you can do is build a Jenga tower where you take one or two blocks out of the bottom and you're building a chaotic kind of Jenga build that nobody else wants to build. So that's the best way to look at it. Um, but basically a lot of people will be building these ones that we saw in the optimal. So it'll be um <laughs> there'll be a little bit of five one Baltimore, a lot of four two Baltimore, and then a little bit of three uh, three. But yeah. And then basically, you know, this is also near dear to my heart because that was what won me the money last week was just playing a handful of five one Cleveland Browns on slots um in a game where nobody was expected to play them. Uh, especially when you have a home team as well. Like that was obviously the case last Monday, but it is the case here again, home underdog who could outperform and is going against the defense. People maybe don't realize, isn't that good? I think this is a really live spot to play. Like I might play all the five, one saints builds that I land on naturally, just because I think it's, it has a realistic shot of getting there and it's one that won't come up with projections. So that's the kind of thing that you can see game flow wise uh, that the data won't give you straight away. as I mentioned, I'll do a 33% and a 66% one and then combine them together. And we can pick out some low owned ones that you guys can steal for yourself or use uh, on Thursday. The last time I did one of these shows, I think we identified some good Dallas Goddard captain ones. So um, the main thing to keep in mind though, is like if you're building a three, three build tonight, you have to do something a little bit extra to get different because those are coming up so much. If you're building a four, two build, especially you need to do something to get different here. A four, two Ravens build. Um, and that's the main thing I would try to impart here is like, if you're building a four, two Ravens or, you know, a lineup with four Ravens, two saints, um, just make sure to do something else to get different in there. Like, don't just play 49, five with Lamar Jackson at captain. Cause you're going to absolutely chop it with a hundred people. Um, it's sort of about peeling back these layers of what you can do to get slightly different with these things that everybody else is doing. Um, but a five, one saints build, you don't have to do anything to get different. Cause nobody's going to play it. Mm-mm. And of course, it's always a joy to sit back and watch Fantasy Cruncher go. And I have to give the shout out to Fantasy Cruncher. I know there's other optimizers out there, but I use Fantasy Cruncher for everything. I swear by it. Um, I think, in terms of customization, in terms of usability, like there is a reason all the pro players use a Fantasy Cruncher and maybe some other ones out there will one day usurp it. But from my perspective, uh, if I were to give you guys the things I trust, I would say Fantasy Cruncher, Stochastic Projections, those are the two right away, along with, of course, Football Outsiders data that you can get for yourself at FootballOutsiders.com/slash subscribe. But I wouldn't use it for fancy projections for a showdown because it doesn't have stuff like kickers. That's um, the only reason why. <laughs> All right. Let's do our 66%. And let's see what we're finding in the 33% one, just to see what the field might more easily land on. It's worth pointing out like stuff that you find in a 33% randomness crunch, like the field will sort of naturally get to, because it's just not that far off of what the median projection is giving. Like it's only a 33% difference. The ones at like 99% is where it can be a, Alluring because you're getting so far away from how the field's going to build, but it also could put you far enough away from a median projection that makes sense. So, um, your mileage may vary. What I won on last week was a 99% randomness crunch, so just something to keep in mind. Fantasy Crunch is where it's at. I don't give them the plugs on Twitter. I didn't give them the plugs on Twitter, rather last time, but I, I should because uh, their product costs a lot of money. <laughs> but it's on. It is worth it though. Like if you're taking this seriously, and you know, and you have the money to burn. Um, to me, uh, uh, an optimizer would be the first purchase I would make, especially now that the solver for for ETR is not free. So what's coming up? at captain. I didn't limit my captains again, uh, so that's my bad. When I do my final crunch, I will cap uh, I will cap the captains at twenty percent exposure, just so I get a better a better swath of what the available captain lineups are. Um, let's see what's a good Lamar one. I'll I'll save this for the batch crunch, but let's go through a little bit here. So if you're going to play Lamar at captain, everybody's playing Lamar at captain. You have to do something to get different. I would say this one is pretty likely to be duped. Let's sort by projected. Anything over 49,000 with Lamar at captain will likely be duped. So that's something to keep in mind. Unless you did a a 5-1 Saints build with Lamar at captain, that would not be as likely to be duped. Um, ownership. Yeah. So like not a single guy under 10% owned. I wouldn't play this lineup. I wouldn't play this one either. Uh, Lamar, Josh Oliver, James Perche, Isaiah Likely, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, Lamar Jackson, Josh Oliver, Justin Tucker, Isaiah Likely, Chris Olave, Alvin Kamara, and this one, these are all really obvious lineups. So these are ones that you could probably just rule out like immediately. Um, Three threes, though, are going to be a little bit less on the four twos with Lamar at captain that are priced over forty nine thousand like legit. I don't think you should play a single one of those. If you're trying to have a unique lineup that gives you a shot to actually win the 500k tonight, um, I would not do those. The four twos with Lamar at captain um, with over a forty nine thousand dollar salary. Like you could make a rule and not allow those. I'm just kind of keeping them in so we can see what the overall picture looks like. Um, Three three with Lamar at captain is a little better just because people weren't getting there quite as much. So, is there a 5 1 with Lamar at captain? No 5 1s with Lamar at captain in this build, but I think that interests me because you're basically making a bet then that Lamar just gets all the Ravens production and it's chopped up enough that those guys don't matter. So I think that's something where it was pretty close last night to being a possible lineup where Henry at captain had all the Titans production. So like he could have been the thing that mattered, ended up being Mahomes getting there at the end. But I think on tonight's slate, like there isn't a Mahomes that's going to be on the other side from this. I guess Kamara would be the Mahomes equivalent. Um, but in this spot, like I think you could have Lamar at captain and then five saints and that would be really unique and would still kind of capture the core of like what the game flow is going to be. Yeah. Um, All right, let's create the empty crunch. Uh, Batch. I'm going to group them all together so we can sort them out. And I will, again, just give you some actual lineups I would play. As of right now in the afternoon, again, not accounting for stuff like uh, Sean Jackson being available, Andy Isabella being in, Demarcus Robinson not being in, all that shit. Uh, But those are the the main things to watch out for. Oh, come on, Fantasy Cruncher. I'm going to do baby talks of Fantasy Cruncher. Come on, Fantasy Cruncher. (laughs) Please, pretty, please. Could you go a little faster? Okay, there we go. Matt's getting here late, but he'll catch up on the replay. That's all I ask, Matt, along with you guys. Hitting the like button, please, because I'm actually... I'm showing you, honestly, what I'm hoping this show is now is like me showing you what I think a lot of the other DFS streams aren't doing because they just have to like talk about every play on the slate, whereas I can go... Yeah, Isaiah Likely is a great play, but for this particular slate, if everybody's going to play him, maybe consider not playing Isaiah Likely or at least not playing him with Lamar. <clears throat> but if you're doing like a stochastic stream or an ETR, well, I guess you need to maybe you can a little more, but like you got to talk about the core plays. And like, if you're just on a good play basis, Isaiah Likely is objectively one of the best plays on the slate tonight because he actually has filled a good amount of Mark Andrews role in the past. He's been pretty much just as productive. Um, but because he's going to be played, like he comes up very easily. You could see here, 63% of uh, lineups in utility, another 12% in captain. Like that's basically then 70%, like 75 ish percent of lineups that he's going to be in. Um, and people also are going to be excited to play him because a, he's the young new thing. B he's filling in for a superstar tight end that people know is a superstar tight end. And then C like people have just been excited to play this guy anyway. So like you're running into a lot of things where, I think it's very it's very likely that Isaiah Likely ends up 70%-ish owned, uh, maybe even 80%, and it wouldn't shock me. Um, but if you were going to play him, I would play him at captain, because at least you're getting away from a lot of the people who use him at utility. And then you could still get Lamar in there. You could still get Kamara, as you could see with this lineup. You could still get Olave. Uh, this lineup, I'll read out loud. Isaiah Likely at captain, Josh Oliver, Kenyon Drake, Olave, Kamara, and Lamar Jackson. Uh, probably decently duped because of the 4-2 builds, which again are going to be the chalkiest builds on the slate. Um, and likely, again, being a sexy play. But it, it's going to be a little bit less duped because he is projected for under 10% ownership of captain. But, I, I, you know, it, your mileage will vary. Like, in general, any lineups under $49,000 salary will be a little bit lower owned. Tough slate prep for early with all the injuries. Yeah, that's the the main thing. The Isaiah likely part's not going to change though. Like he's going to be in every lineup tonight, or like he's going to come up very easily for every projection system tonight. So that's the part I would take away. I would just rotate in your, you know, your shays, your Demarcus Robinsons based on who's available and who's active. And Brandon missing the whole show. Phone won't keep ringing. Need to bank tonight's bag so I can retire. Yeah, don't we all? Don't we all need to do that? Five hundred k up top. Those are the slates you want to win solo for sure. So Kenyon, ooh, this is an interesting one. This is a spicy one. Kenyon Drake, a captain, Justice Hill, Isaiah Likely, Lamar Jackson with Olave and Dalton. So you're fading Kamara. That's different. You're fading also like the receiving game entirely besides Likely. That's going to be different. This is one lineup here. If you want to see an example of one you can play at a 50K salary, this is one you actually can play at a 50K salary because you're doing two major things the field won't be doing, which... Everybody's going to try to play Kamara and everybody's going to try to play and guess right that one Ravens pass catcher who isn't likely. And then you're also, you know, with a sprinkle on top putting Kenyon Drake at captain. So that's different from all the Lamar stuff. Um this lineup to me like this is one you could play the full salary on. And that's why too I'm not limiting salary for my crunches now uh because I want to be able to get lineups like this one that projects really well but it just people won't land on it naturally because of the construction. Um Where, how often was Kamara coming up in the optimal? Because that's an important question. So, Kamara only 36% with stochastic projections in the optimal. Wow. You got to kind of force in Kamara because I don't see how Kamara doesn't get there. That's surprising to me. Because, like, so basically, what this optimal crunch is saying is Isaiah likely will be in every lineup either at utility or captain. Lamar Jackson will be in every lineup either at utility or captain. Andy Dalton's coming up a lot, not coming up at Captain. Chris Olave is coming up a lot, but Kamara is not coming up at all at Captain. Kamara at Captain might be underplayed, which is kind of interesting. Let's see what the ownership they have is, and let's make sure it's accurate. Oh, two minutes ago, something they didn't update. Okay. So they are, oh, this is the projections. Who did they add in? Still no Deshaun Jackson. Still no Isabella in their projections. Okay. Mm. Showdown ownership. So they're projecting. Oh, so they're projecting Kamara to be the highest owned captain. Huh? That's weird given that he doesn't come up with their projections. So I don't know if that's saying that the stochastic data feels like Kamara is not actually a good play at captain. Um, because if he's not coming up with their own projections, I'm a little bit confused as to why they would think he's going to be 18%. Either way, though, it does feel like objectively, like it should be Kamara and Jackson being the highest owned captain. So I would try to get extra different with any lineup you have with Kamara or Jackson and captain. Whereas Hill? He's the wild card slate breaker. So let's look at his ownership too. Jason Hill projected for 16% ownership overall, 1% at captain, 15% at utility, according to Stochastic. Uh, He does not come up in the optimal crunch at all, which is not a surprise. He might honestly require having 99% randomness to come up, but let's see. He comes up four times in these two 500 lineup crunches. So here's your Taysom Hill lineups if you want to steal them. Lamar, Captain, Prochet, Landry, Likely, Hill, Dalton. So if you're, you're fading Kamara again, boy, a lot of these are just fading Kamara, which I hate. I don't, I don't think I will personally feel as comfortable as the data is making it seem to fade Kamara. Like I will personally be selecting lineups that have Kamara in there because so much of the offense flows through him. Like on the year he's got, um, uh, let's see, he's got 30% of the team's total yards. Thirteen percent of their total touchdowns, which is not that high, but thirty percent of the total yards is not like an insignificant number. I, I don't know how you fade Kamara. Like to me, I don't think you can fade Lamar really. Like you could fade him in a handful of lines just to get different, and I don't think you can fade Kamara really. Like, and that's nothing something slate breaking, but I think it seems pretty obvious. And the data is not making it obvious. Um, other taste of lineups. What's what's my favorite taste of lineup out of this group? It's got to be this one here. Lamar at captain, Proche likely will Lutz, Taysom Hill, Kamara. You're getting Lamar at captain, but you're getting different because you're not playing Andy Dalton. You're not playing any of the, well, 21% ownership of Proche. This one's still probably going to be duped. To be honest, you might have to up the randomness to get Taysom Hill in better lineups. But I, I feel like one like this though, where you have Kamara, Taysom Hill, maybe an onslaught with Taysom Hill would have some appeal. The issue though is for Taysom Hill to get there, he likely has to he has to break like a very long touchdown to get there. So who does he take away from with that? Kind of takes away from everybody in that perspective. Um, yeah, I don't know. These are not great Taysom Hill lineups, though. So if you're gonna get them, those all seemed fairly chalky. Uh Devin Duvernay captain would appeal to me. This is one of those though, where like, I think a Duvernay captain can lead for most of the game, but then by the end of the game, Camaro Lamar do end up being the winning captain. So like, I'll still play some Duvernay captain. I'll still play some of those, but like the fact that he's only coming up twice here at captain out of, you know, over 600 lineups. And I was a thousand lineup crunch. It was just that many dupes in terms of, uh you know, mixing them together. Cause I crunched 500 lineups twice. Um, this one is interesting, though. Duvernay, Oliver, Likely, Olave, Kamara, Jackson. Um, you're not fading Likely. You're just adding a tight end on top of it. Um, so that's pretty interesting overall. I, I think... Okay, so if you want to get different from the field, as I always try to do here, I'll give you a couple takeaways. If you want to get it from the field, separate Jackson and Isaiah Likely. So that would honestly just mostly be like an Isaiah Likely fade. But if you're going to play Likely, you would play him in lines without Jackson, um, I guess. <sighs> I man, I just I, likely is a good play. It's just tough if he's going to be that highly owned. But that that's like I don't want to advocate to not play Isaiah likely, but I think you have to get creative if you're going to play Lamar and Likely together because it's just going to be it's going to be too easy to land on and people are going to get there with median projections pretty easily. If you're willing to gamble at a five one saints builds, you also should be able to play winning lineups at any team construction without Lamar and Kamara. Yeah, I mean, that's where I th- I think I would play any five one Saints builds just because people won't get there. But I still feel like you want to go 5 1 Saints with Lamar. Like, how does Lamar not get there? What are the ways that Lamar Jackson fails tonight? It would be that they completely stop him from running the ball. He doesn't generate much passing value. If he does, he generates enough passing value to sustain one receiver. So you can make the case that like an Isaiah likely lineup in a 5 1 build would be possible. But it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like the most. It doesn't seem like the most probable outcome based on the 24 point implied total. Like, you got to think Lamar gets one touchdown. So, I would find it hard to not play Lamar. But if you want to get different, play, you know, omit one of Lamar Jackson and Isaiah Likely. Um, Don't play a 4 2 Ravens build unless you're going to get different with it. That's takeaway number two. Defense not coming up very much. Maybe play a defense. Never going to be opposed to it. If Lamar fails, Tucker is optimal, right? Theoretically, but I suppose you could see Kenyon Drake. Like, Tucker or Kenyon Drake or Justice Hill would be optimal if Lamar were to not make an optimal lineup. Because that would mean that one of those guys got rushing touchdowns, like maybe like an RPO thing. Um, That seems possible. But it's like, these are one of those, this is like the kind of plays that I think Cody was talking about on the ETR stream for their showdown show today, where it's like, I'm saying the word like too much, but this it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around this. The The right move gambling wise is to play some lines without Lamar. For me personally, I find it very hard to believe Lamar doesn't make a winning lineup just because if he doesn't make a winning lineup, that means that the saints absolutely destroyed him. I think and Lamar didn't play four quarters of play because he's going to get a touchdown. He's going to pass for a touchdown or he's going to run for a touchdown. But I also don't think his pass catchers are good enough to beat him uh, because of what he does in the run game. And the fact that like he is that entire offense so not playing Lamar is like theoretically plus EV, but it's like in practicality, I don't think it's plus EV if that's the best way to look at it. But I would say for Lamar, don't blame at captain. If you want to get really weird and just like, and, and cut yourself away from a large portion of lineups, because in this particular slate, it would be shocking to, to me to see 30% Lamar captain, 20% ish for Kamara. So if you don't play one of those guys at captain, then you're away from 50% of the field, which is shaving away kind of that core part in a major way. Oh, hot photos of my sister, hot photos of my sister, hot photos of my sister. I'm <laughs> I'm glad they tried three different formats for that, but I'm going to mute it. Trying so hard to say the most likely. I'm actually trying to avoid saying both probably and likely because probably is my company. Of course, you can get on the waitlist at probablyapp.com, P-R-O-B-L-Y app.com. But also we have Isaiah Likely on the slate. So we're now taking away <laughs> two key phrases that are important to discuss a showdown slate. Um, yeah, Lamar might not get there if the Ravens defense can score once or twice. It would So, like, Ravens defense with one of the running backs, potentially, but I, I wouldn't play a 5-1 Ravens build or a 5-1 Saints Ravens build with, like, just the Ravens defense. It's tough. Like, it's tough. I think the way to do it would be to really load up. Because, like, 5-1 Ravens was still not that highly owned, so I think that's a way to get unique. If you really like the Ravens and you find it hard to fade Lamar like I do, but the Saints can get there five one Saints builds are definitely gonna be in my in my rotation tonight all right so the three key takeaways uh try to split up Lamar and Isaiah likely if you can at the very least play them both a utility or play likely a captain don't play Lamar at Captain with likely that's that's for sure so like even if you're don't have the balls to like not play one entirely just don't play Lamar captain Isaiah likely unless you're gonna do something else that's really off the beaten path a uh, second takeaway would be try to get some five one Saints builds in I would still push towards having Lamar there. And then um besides that, you gotta play a little Taysom Hill. You gotta get a little taste of Taysom Hill. Got a little taste him hill. What are my D thoughts tonight? Uh, if he's active and he's going and he has a projection on him from the sites that we trust out there, the stochastics, the ETRs of the world, um, play him. Absolutely play him. Like play him for the hope that he gets a deep shot. I still wouldn't captain him though. I think that's a pretty thin play. Um if you were going to captain and like, don't build all your lineups about it. Like I, like I'm always doing here for the showdown slates. I will tell you guys my exact, like what I play 40 lineups in the big tournament that uh, like the, whatever the 500 K up top one on DraftKings. Then I play the two 20 maxes, the $3 one and the $1 one. Um, And that gives me 80 lineups on the day In my 80 lineups. I will absolutely have some five, one saints builds. I will absolutely have some, some without Lamar, but like you shouldn't do like that shouldn't be your core portfolio. Like you should get some other ones on there. I think. Um, and then one play that's the most unique. What's the most unique play? It's tough to say without knowing Deshaun Jackson's projection, but I think Deshaun Jackson, like, or Andy Isabella, or, or both, if they're both active, like, you play Lamar at captain, you could still play Isaiah Likely, but if you play Andy Isabella and Deshaun Jackson with him, I guarantee nobody's going to play that one because nobody's going to think to play those assholes. <laughs> so I think if you played both of them, you'd get real weird. Um, should be a fun slate though. So I hope, I hope this is helpful. Like this is going to be a tough one just because you got to know everybody's active and inactive to really get a full read on it. Don't be afraid of the cheap Ravens receivers. There's a lot of targets to fill there. Uh, certainly if you're not playing, I say a likely definitely don't be afraid of the other Ravens receivers, but also you can play the Ravens run game. And like, that's perfectly, you know, perfectly viable as well don't feel like you have to force in a Ravens pass catcher is what I would say because this team can absolutely just run the ball on the ground it away and it might be more beneficial to play Saints against the Ravens defense given what we talked about with them being bad against literally everything but anyway, guys, I'll be back doing this on Thursday. So please subscribe, like, and comment. Of course, the main event shows on Friday, basically the entire week's lead up to me and the main event with Friday uh, on Friday with Pete. So please come back. Fridays at 10 a.m. is the show with me and Pete. Of course, Mondays, Thursdays are showdowns. And Wednesdays, NBA here on Splash Play. So if you're jonesing for a new NBA show to add to your rotation, you can come back and hang with me then. Either way, shout out to the chat as always. Shout out to all the the good people here who show up and hit the like button or just hang out with me. I appreciate each and every one of you. Let me go back to the solo screen. But either way, guys, money time is coming tonight. So let's go. (laughs) hit the like button and please play responsibly play intelligently tonight and uh don't be afraid to play 100 lamar because that's just the smartest move for your money and either way guys i appreciate you hanging out follow me at Chris bags follow at splash play uh, pod of course subscribe like and comment down below and i will see you guys in just a mere few days so good luck enjoy yourselves see you soon <laughs>